How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast, and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adrian and Kathy. We are thrilled to welcome Dr. Sandy Curtis from Montreal, Quebec today, as she has a wealth of knowledge to share with us. Dr. Curtis will talk about why she wrote her book entitled Music for Women, Survivors of Violence, a feminist music therapy interactive ebook, along with her approach to feminist music therapy. She will also share with us how music therapy is such a powerful tool for women and girls who survive violence. Here's a little more about Dr. Curtis. Dr. Sandy Curtis, MTBC MTA, is Professor Emeritus in the Music Therapy Program at Concordia University's Creative Arts Therapies Department in Montreal, Canada. She's an internationally trained music therapist with more than 30 years experience in clinical practice, education, and research. Dr. Curtis specializes in working with women and girl survivors of male violence with current research interests in feminist music therapy and community music therapy. She's a recipient of a Windsor Social Justice Person Award. Dr. Curtis has published extensively in peer-reviewed journals and scholarly textbooks, with her most recent being Music for Women, Survivors of Violence. She is a research member of the Arts in Health Research Collective and a fellow in the Simone de Beauvoir Institute. She is co-investigator in a 2.5 million social sciences and humanities partnership research grant exploring rape culture on campus and the role and influence of arts and pop culture. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Curtis. We're excited to have you join us today. I'm really fascinated by your interactive ebook music for women, survivors of violence, and how it embraces pop culture and looks at the phenomenon of male violence against women. Can you tell us more about why you decided to write the book? Yes, uh, the impetus was after so many years of working with women survivors in battered women's shelters across the United States and Canada, I really became strongly aware that I was working with behind closed doors as I must for their client confidentiality and their safety. But there were so many good things that music therapy was able to do uh, that uh, could really benefit so many other people outside the small number of women I see in my, in my music therapy clinical practice. So I thought if I wrote this book, then I could get that word out elsewhere to others. So uh, both survivors of violence, but also uh, women in, in their daily lives were all impacted by living in a patriarchy and uh, the, the effects that it has on us as we grow up. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that this book is such an amazing resource. And so the women that you've worked with, how would they access your book now? So has it, has it gone out to these locations? Is it something that um, these women are using? Yeah, um, I've, I've spread the word out to various shelters across the United States and Canada so they're aware of it uh, and information about it's on my website as well. Uh, and so I'm hoping many people, and maybe during this time of pandemic when we're, many of us are in lockdown, that we maybe have more time on our hands <laughs> so we can take a moment to read the book and see what it, what it has to say. Absolutely. And one of the things that struck Adrian and I uh, reviewing it was that it's interactive. So it's not just like, oh, it's interactive, but it actually legitimately is an interactive ebook. So tell us that, about that interactive component. 
Yeah, I was really excited about it. I first thought about writing this book way back when, in the days when we didn't have all this access to all these videos, and then more and more that are available free and open access to everybody. So the the book is interactive in that you can choose which videos you want to see. You can choose, do you want to listen to a song? Do you want to watch the music video? If you're a music therapist or a music therapy student, there's a couple of sections there just for them so that they can uh, pull up a, a, a design of a eight week music therapy sessions. And then they can choose which of those songs and which of the readings that I've, I've identified are appropriate for them. So it's very much uh, made to measure to what you and your individual person or the individual clients you're working with are interested in or what might have more impact in their lives. Wow, that's amazing. I love that because that's so rare that you would find a book that really goes to that other dimension of, you know, really immersing you in some of the theories and the concepts in different ways. So I think that that's such a great thing that you've done for us. Thank you. And I have to say, especially we as music therapists, music is our medium. So it's very hard when you're just reading a book uh, and, you know, printed words on a page, whereas how can I get that music in there? And this does it marvelously. Oh, that's fantastic. And so can you share with us about your particular approach to feminist music therapy? Yeah, and that's a very important question because feminist music therapy is very grassroots movement. So it's very different, a different approach for each music therapist who practices it. Just like feminist therapy and feminism itself or feminisms, uh, they are grassroots and they are very individualistic. And that's not uh, a shortcoming. That's actually an enrichment of uh, feminist music therapy that we each have come from different experiences. We as women have a lot in common, but sometimes we have more in common with men than we might have with other women or more in common with certain women than other women. So each of us has our own approach. My approach uh, is very much uh, focused on the political, is the personal is the political, uh, that we understand that women's and men's lives and people anywhere on the gender uh, continuum, our lives are impacted, not but just by what happens in our individual circumstances and with our individual social networks, but with everybody else there out, out there. It's also uh, informed by the importance of not only personal transformation, but also social transformation. So there's no point in helping women overcome violence if they're going to go back into a violent world. So we need to work towards eliminating all male violence against women at that larger macro level, as well as at the individual level. And of course, uh, another part of my music feminist music therapy is an understanding or uh, acknowledgement that women's lives and women's experiences and women's uh, perspectives are to be valued. And that may seem kind of obvious, but it's not. Uh, we've got a long history of therapeutic tradition where women have been uh, dismissed, uh, minimalized, uh, disregarded. Women are more medicalized uh, with medications and men are given more talking therapies. So uh, women are more questioned, did you really experience that? Uh, maybe it was just something you felt and it really didn't happen. So that's an important part as well then to not only put lip service to valuing women's experiences, but to acknowledging we must do it and that there are barriers and challenges right now to doing it in this world. 
Yeah, I love that. I love all the different components and aspects that you focus on. It's just not one perspective. It just seems more holistic in the different aspects that, uh, you know, people experience in life. And do you find that women are being heard a little bit more? You know, you talked about voices being silenced or questioned. Is there a shift in the tide in this? I hope there is. I certainly see a shift that women are saying we're not going to accept it anymore. You see with the Me Too movement. Uh, but you're still seeing when women come out uh, to, you know, say they've had an experience. You're still seeing, you know, the shame and blame. What did you do to cause it? What didn't you do to stop it? Uh, what didn't you do to save your children? All of those things that are still so deeply embedded in our culture that even women ourselves, we grow up in this experience, we might wonder too. And you hear it when somebody says, oh, well, the children, the children are really innocent. So we need, we know we need to protect them. But of course, women who are abused are also innocent. They didn't purposely go out and seek abuse. So we're seeing some more move to it. Uh, definitely women. We have a vested interest in it. And I think uh, I'm seeing more in the news. And I think maybe I hope it'll be a genuine move and not just a giving lip service. We now know that you know, when they say, and you know, we can't accept this kind of behavior anymore in this day and age, it's like, well, we shouldn't have really accepted it any day and age, but glad to see we're slowly moving it forward. I think also during this pandemic, we're seeing a huge increase in numbers of women experience domestic violence and the severity of it, and it's becoming more aware. So I think that will also be an impetus to opening people's eyes, not for just a moment, but maybe past the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like there will be, as to your point around um, this happening during the pandemic and these increasing numbers, I wonder if that will give um, a lot of opportunity, I think, for more research in this area. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't consider that to be happening or increasing until someone points it out or they're living it themselves. So I appreciate you bringing that to us as well. Yeah, and when you think about it, you know, if it, if it doesn't impact us, then we're maybe not so aware. But there's so many women who are silent because one out of every two women in their lifetime will experience male violence. So we may not be talking to somebody about it, but they may be experiencing it. And of course, you know, talking about how music therapy can really help them as well. And that's what I want to ask you about. So we know music therapy is an incredible tool to support individuals with a whole range of issues. But can you share with us why music therapy is so effective for women and girl survivors of violence? Yeah, and of course, we all know, as you say, uh, not even in, in, many of us know intuitively, and those who are trained in the profession know the research that backs that. But women's, uh, women and girls seem particularly receptive to music. And also, it, you know, when you talk about the, the clinical practice that's going on with survivors, it's a lot of talk about giving voice to women survivors and girl survivors, whereas music actually gives them a physical voice, not just a metaphor of a voice, it gives them a physical voice. So when I'm working with survivors, uh, we start by listening to other women singer-songwriters about their experiences, and it's not just about violence. It may be about objectification of women. It may be what love is. Uh, there's a million songs about love uh, and love gone wrong and love gone right. Uh, so we listen to other women's voices, specifically women, because then women are and girls are able to 
more able to project themselves into the music and the song. And then we sing it together and they can internalize it. And then they write their own songs where they really give voice, which is so powerful because women and girl voices are silenced by so many, not just by the abuser, but by, you know, somebody who says, well, you know, just go back and work with them, make it work out. Or somebody who dismisses and says, well, it wasn't really that bad. Yours, there's other people who have it worse. So it gives a real voice to women. Uh, and some of them, uh, when I use, when I work with them, we always record it so they have their own recording. Uh, but some of them have actually asked for an extra copy of the recording so that they could give it to family members, sometimes family members who weren't uh, quite believing. Or sometimes one woman that I worked with actually gave it to her abuser and said, nobody else may know the truth, but you and I do. And here is my song telling my story about the truth. Yes, that was coming to mind for me from your book as you were saying that. I thought, oh, yeah. That. And there is a story about some women who really sat back and listened and witnessed everyone else and didn't speak up, but then eventually were able to, to come towards opening up. Yeah, and that's the reason why whenever I practice my feminist music therapy, I always do it within a group, a small group, but a group, uh, because... Uh, they need it allows them to see other women we can they can see and hear other women famous singer songwriters and say okay well that could happen to Lady Gaga uh, maybe maybe it's not just me but when they look around and sit in the circle with me in music therapy they can see the woman next to them and say well she's a lovely woman she certainly doesn't deserve this and then they can say well maybe I don't deserve it either uh, so it's a real way of breaking the isolation, which is a real calculated tool used by abusers. Uh, they isolate the, the women they're abusing from their family members, from friends and whatnot, so that it's just those two together. And then it's just him saying, it's all your fault. You deserved it. You asked for it. Which is part of why the isolation of this pandemic is such a problem, as you were just saying. So I didn't realize that, that it's always a group. You always have mirrors reflecting back. Yeah. And I know some others, maybe just because of the logistics, may do a one-on-one -on -one if they're not quite ready. Uh, but I've always worked on that group just because it's it's so important. And it also happens, helps even when we get to the point of recording. One of the women who's, who was very shy about participating in the recording, uh, and I give them the option, uh, they can record it or I can record it for them. And she asked for me to record it. But then she sat in the group as everybody else recorded their own songs. And then she got inspired and motivated by what they were doing and asked me afterwards, could I record my own song? And I said, absolutely. And so again, that, that group uh, helps breaking socialization, but it also makes connections that are so important. Mm. And in your book, you give a format for, or a template for music therapists that they can access for how to, what a group like that could look like. Yeah, and I, I don't ever want to call it a protocol because women are so diverse. And, you know, me working in my practice with one group of women, even when I worked in Windsor versus when I worked in Georgia to working here in Montreal, very different experiences. But what I gave was a sample. So an eight-week sample, because that's approximately the amount of time people stay in a shelter. Some do have to leave sooner because of a uh, uh, safety issues. So, but it's a sample. And then there's suggested readings and there's su suggested uh, music. 
audio and video. And also, of course, the therapist and the clients have to decide whether they want the audio or the video. Sometimes the video enhances it, but sometimes it distracts because the videos may be not the same. Uh, it may be created for the music industry producer rather than for the consumers. So there's eight sessions and within those sessions, uh, different experiences and different readings. And the readings can be done by the therapist. They can be done by the clients before or after the session if they want for homework. Uh, and then I also do sessions like here's something if you're working for someone who's a survivor of sexual assault. Here's something for someone who's a survivor of domestic violence. Uh, so there's different things for, for different people in the hopes of giving enough um, inspiration for what the music therapist or the music therapy student might want to do, but enough leeway and uh, openness for them to make it their own so it'll work. As we know, every woman is different uh, and different in, in different circumstances. It's such a beautiful way of helping the women. And as I'm Music therapists, we are so fortunate that you've been so generous to compile this, and you truly are an educator at heart, you know, by really putting this together to benefit um, the women, but it also really helps us as music therapists as well. And so I just want to express that gratitude. Uh, so I do have one more question for you. And that is, what does your feminist music therapy approach have to offer all women and girls? Well, and I think that, it, again, for me, that is very important, because uh, we tend to think of women's and girls survivors as a different group of people. There's us and there's them. And if we've never encountered somebody who's experienced violence before, we, we would, may think, well, it could happen to them, but would it never happen to me? But it actually can happen to us. It's, if it hasn't, it's just by sheer luck and, and circumstance than anything else. But also, it doesn't have to be the overt, in-your-face male violence that has an impact in your life. Growing up, we all have experienced learning what it means to be girls, learning what it means to be women, learning what men and boys growing up and what that means and how that constrains both men and women. Uh, women being more, you know, having to be more people pleasers and, and men being required to sort of shut down their emotions. So there's negative impacts on it for all of us and it impacts us all. So even if you think of something as simple, I think they said on any single day, one third of women are on a diet uh, one third of the women are thinking about starting it and one third have, are just stopping it. And that's because women are so dissatisfied with their bodies. And of course, the research shows that women are more dissatisfied with their bodies than their bodies merit. And men are more satisfied with their bodies than their bodies merit. So we are, whether it's how we look at our bodies, how we look at how we interact with people, how we look at how we interact with the world, we're all impacted by the socio-political culture in which we grow and we can impact be impacted by it without knowing it or we can be more thoughtful and that hope is with the book that whether you're in a therapy session doing one or just reading at home in your own personal life uh, how you can look at and read and learn more things like body image but also self-esteem and self-confidence uh, there's so much more about our lives that are impacted by uh, the culture we live in Oh my gosh. Uh, this, there's so much, Sandy. It's so big. And 
it's so much value put on physical appearance, especially for females, and and we lose our power, you know, focusing on this, and and then we don't have that. And um, we yeah, are because I, I I think I, I hope I alluded to it, but I also want to make sure when we're talking about the diversity of women that women's lives are impacted, but women of color are impacted differently. Uh, indigenous women, uh, so we have to have that understanding as well, both when we talk with others, but when we talk with other women uh, and we understand what that that what something means in my life might be very different than something in, a, in another woman's life and people along the entire gender continuum as well absolutely and I feel like you cover that so well in the book it's really really clear right from the start that you know all of the kinds of oppression that people face and 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 of course tying that together with how the music helps and heals and gives voice. Um, we are so grateful to have had you with us for this time. There is a quote from your book that I'd like to share at this point. Um, so you said in writing about power in her 2003 poem, Spelling, Margaret Atwood wrote, a word after a word after a word is power. And you write, I agree, but I would add a song after a song after a song is power. And it's so valuable. It just speaks volumes to what music can do, what music gives us. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I so appreciate it. <laughs> it's always such a pleasure <laughs> to talk about the things that fascinate me. <laughs> That was such a terrific interview with Dr. Curtis today. I learned so much about her research, her philosophies, uh, her book, of course. And for our listeners at home, you can get more information at sandycurtis.com. And of course, beyondthestudio.ca because we'll have her information there as well. And so, Adrian. one of the things that stood out for me in our conversation with Dr. Curtis was that she was talking about um, doing this therapy um, mainly in groups, groups of women, and how um, when, you know, they're in a group, they think, oh, this woman seems nice. She doesn't deserve this. And it's, as you said, it's like a mirror reflecting back. And I just thought that was a really interesting um, way that she does a therapy versus mostly one-on-one -on -one online. And I think not online, but just one-on-one, -on -one, whatever, in home, in line, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was really cool that she was doing it more as a group. And those pieces that you might not necessarily know are happening within the therapeutic group are happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the importance of having the hearing the other stories, of witnessing the experiences of others, um, that makes sense. So why the group process is what is most helpful to women survivors of violence. And it really is parallel to um, some of the work I do in bereavement. So bereavement support, we know best practice is also to work in groups because what is most helpful to people is to hear the experience of the other and bear witness to it and then help them integrate that um, that new learning. So it that really does make sense to me in terms of her process and and primarily working with groups. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm reflecting on Sing It Girls, of course, our program for girls ages 7 to 14. And the fact that one of the things that we've seen for years is that the girls learn so much from each other, from each other's comments, from each other's questions, even mentoring. If we have a group that spans ages seven to 12, so to speak, you know, the older girls act almost as mentors and can ask, answer those questions and have that dialogue in that group setting. So I think that that's really cool that we are actually in line with a lot of the research around this feminist music theory with the Sing It Girls program. So I think that's cool. And so for you as a music therapist, what stood out to you in the interview today with Dr. Curtis? Well, actually, there was something we were talking about, again, reflecting afterwards that Dr. Curtis mentioned was that many of our clients, you know, if we're working in trauma, if we're working in various settings, many of our clients are women survivors of violence, and we may not even be aware of that. So it's something to always keep in mind. There may be some way that this informs our practice, regardless of what setting that we're working in. And I think that's really important for music therapists to remember. Thank you for joining us on the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. To learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.